It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And the millennial man is Jared Patel of Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan and Fat Stack Sports. Comments and questions can be sent by email to 3 Pod at gmail.com or hit them up on social media at 3 Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Great news to report. Sheridan Realty and Auction Company has built a new 7,500-square-foot warehouse in Owasso. Now we are able to take all of your items and put it underneath one roof. Whether you are able to bring us a vehicle, an ATV, furniture, it goes inside. Go to SheridanAuctionService.com to see more. More importantly, stop down and see us at 1007 South Washington Street. You'll do better with Sheridan. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our community. They're not tied into an out-of-state corporation or their board of directors. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. The top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors, being right there when you need them most. With unique service to represent unique lives in mid-Michigan, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. The business started in 1880 and continues the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, see them on the web at nelsonhouse.com or call them at 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. It's time for three-point podcast episode 160. Our team includes Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, the Corona Public Schools, Hankard Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. I'm Ted Fattel of Z92.5 with Matt Burns of ESPN and Jared Fattel of Fat Stack Sports. Thanks for all the listens and make sure you give us a follow at 3 Point Pod. Well, let's start it off with uh, Jared made it back home from Arizona and uh, I guess bring us up to date. Well, wait, wait. Let me ask real quick before we get the update. Ted, do you have him, is he like Bubble Boy on Seinfeld? Do you have him like jumped <laughs> over in the corner or are we all good? No, we're all good. I, as I mentioned, I think last time I did get my shot, and I'm good to go. I'm I'm not too concerned. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't I didn't put him in a bubble when he came back from Nashville, so I think it's only <laughs> fair that I don't have to receive that same treatment today. But uh, one thing I'll throw out about the trip: great trip. Um, I think I scheduled it kind of perfectly. I think this is how you should schedule vacations from now on: is leave on a Friday, come back on a Friday, because when you come back, you are you got two days, you got a whole weekend uh, to kind of get your wits about you and maybe extend the vacation for by a day or two uh, before you have to come back to reality, like today, which kind of been like the Sunday scaries at an ultimate level for me. <laughs> um, 
But something I did when I was in Arizona was, and I think you guys are going to be kind of shocked when I say this, is I went to a spring training baseball game. Yeah, he's even wearing his Oakland Athletics gear here. Wearing Oakland, it went to Oakland, oh. Oakland A's versus Milwaukee Brewers at Ho Ho Macon uh, Stadium in Arizona. And let me just say that is the perfect way to digest baseball. The game is only seven innings long. Uh, they speed it along. Every, nobody really wants to be there, even the players. They kind of get through it really quick. Uh, there's beers everywhere. It's perfect weather. Sun's out. That is how baseball is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be, oh, we're in Comerica Park, it's 110 degrees, you're sitting uh, third base line, the sun's beating down on you in the upper deck. No, it's a little small little stadium, uh, lawn tickets, uh, you pay you know, basically general admission, and then you sit wherever you want. It was awesome. Uh, I was watch- I watched the entire game, and I realized, like, why don't more people do this? You pay so much less money to see the same exact players. And it's just a lot more of a laid-back atmosphere, and it, it's not a nine-inning, four-hour game. It's a two-hour, seven-inning game, just a perfect baseball game. If anything, too, you get to – like, if you're really, like, a baseball junkie, you get to see some, like, prospects. You know, you might see some guys that are coming up through the system. So, yeah, I'm with you. I've, I've never done a spring training trip. I'd love to go to Lakeland and watch the Tigers and see the other teams that are in the area. Uh, so I, that's awesome that you did that because of that reason. Anybody – who's done it they say the same thing it's perfect the, the weather's great because you're in florida or arizona you know you get to hang out with the good weather you get to have some beers watch some baseball it's quick it's fat you know yeah no it's a perfect scenario for soaking in baseball i agree oh absolutely 100 percent. i know when i was a kid uh, i had a neighbor that went every year to spring training he'd come back and put it in my face you know because he he had all these uh baseball cards that down in spring training, everything's pretty laid back, so they'll yeah. sign the baseball cards, you know, and I wanted to go so bad. Well, fast forward till to about the uh, late 80s, early 90s, I actually had a chance to go a couple years in a row with uh, Jared's dad. Jared's dad was a, a sports reporter at a local newspaper back at that time, and I was with the radio station still. We went down there and, you know, did interviews with the Tigers. They, they were cool to talk to you. We did a, a famous interview with Bo Schembechler in his office when he was president of the Tigers. I mean, he gave us about an hour of his time just sitting in his office office BSing. So spring training is the way to go. It's awesome. I, I don't know if I'd completely replace the actual experience of going to a game that means something, yeah. but, but if you've never gone to a spring training game, it is just what you described. And the beers are cheaper. Yep. The food is cheaper. The atmosphere is just outstanding. Everybody's in it, a great, great mood. And, and it, that's the best way to put it. Everyone there, that's there is on vacation. It's it's so laid back. But it cracks me up. There are some like diehards that you know people that just probably watch every single like Oakland A's baseball game because it's like a guy will hit home run and there's people yelling at him like, Welcome back! Like, let's have a great year. <laughs> like when he's running back, like it's it just people love baseball. Oh sure. And so I'm not. I'll never be one of those fans. But can I appreciate how awesome it is to watch a baseball game in perfect weather uh, when you're on vacation? It was just awesome. Wow that is, that that does it shock us. Me of it, what it reminds me of, especially the the picture you painted, is like going to a minor league baseball game. You know, yeah. you don't you don't have the seven innings because minor league baseball games are still a full game. But it's the same thing. The lawn seats, the cheaper tickets, the cheaper concessions. You know, you got some players that are fighting for their major league yeah. spots. So, you know, maybe a little more action or something. So, yeah, a spring training game, it sounds a lot like going to a minor league baseball game in a sense. It's pretty similar. It really is. Now, you said they only played seven innings because that's funny. I, I watched. I actually watched the Tigers, their uh, debut on TV against the Yankees on Friday, they played nine innings. Okay. So, so actually, deal? I'm not going to lie. This is actually kind of a funny moment that I had. So midway through the seventh inning, I think it might have been like a score limit or something. Okay. But midway through the seventh inning, 
everyone started getting up and walking around. I thought the game was nine innings, or at least this particular <laughs> game. And so I'm like, oh, it's just like the seven-inning stretch. <laughs> Next thing I know about where it's like 20 minutes later, they still haven't resumed play. I'm like, man, this is a little bit longer than uh, what I remember. And then the guy's like, all right, yeah, you guys got to go. Like, the game's <laughs> over. So, so I don't know. Like you said, I thought it was nine innings. It sounds like there are nine-inning uh, spring training games, yeah, but this are. one was seven. Huh. And so I don't know. It, the score was like nine to one. I'm not sure if it was just because of like a score limit or something, but if that's not the way these spring training games are, they all need to be seven innings anyway. Well, some of the rules they have in spring training are, are really laid back, too. I mean, heck, it could have been a, a split squad game. You know, a lot of times they'll play two games at the same time. Half the team will be elsewhere, and half the team will be at the at the venue you're at. So I don't know. But seven, seven innings does sound a little strange. Now, again, give us a few other highlights of your of your trip. You know, last week when we recorded the show, it sounded like you were having a whole heck of a lot of fun. One, I ended up walking on to uh, TBC Scottsdale, which is uh, a lot. Like, if you're not a big golf fan, you probably wouldn't know what the course is, but it's where the Waste Management Open is mm-hmm. uh, every single year. It's where they have the giant stadium holes, what they call it, where basically it's a whole, like, stadium with, like, 20,000 people around one par three. Wow. And everybody's uh, shotgunning beers and partying, and there's chanting and, like, celebrating. Uh, so that was awesome, just being able to walk that course. And then uh, this, the last day I was there, we went on a uh, hike up Camelback Mountain is what it's called. And I kid you not, I, there's people that were your age, Ted. There's people that were, you know, 300 pounds that <laughs> I was dying. And my, my brother, who's in a lot better shape than I am, was dying. Wow. Like, it's a hard-ass hike. You're you're basically climbing half the time. There's At one point, it's basically a, like – six like almost a straight up climb where you're holding on to a little metal railing and basically like pulling yourself up like it's a rope <laughs> it, it's sketchy uh your your heart's gonna be beating through your chest but the view when you get to the top of the mountain it, it's incredible uh and there's and there's a different trail you could go on every day i don't like i said last week i'm not sure how people could be you know bigger there right. because there there's so many different options for healthy food like there's a place i went to called protein house where you're eating bison burger and acai bowls and it just tastes just as good as if you were having a cheeseburger from mcdonald's but the hiking the every place has the outdoor patio the outdoor seating it, it's just an incredible place to be it's what it's perfect for however you want your vacation to be do you want it to be all drinking and sort of that place or that way or do you want it to be like you know sightseeing and hiking and all that kind of stuff it's got both and so that's why i think it really was well, just kind of like a perfect vacation really so you came back recharged is yeah. what you're saying yeah <laughs> wow. that's one point that's one way to put it well, it sounds like all those hiking hills they have there is amazing, and like yeah. you said, the scenery is is second to none, right? Yeah, it it I, it's, it just it's just crazy that it doesn't even feel like it's the same like planet. It it and especially these golf courses when you're walking them, where it's literally desert where no animals can survive, and then you take two feet steps to the right and they just water the grass nonstop, so it's like a plush fairway. Uh, it's just cool, but yeah. I, I, I mean, I can imagine that. Here's a question for you guys: what, what do you think is the more beautiful scenery? Let's say Michigan. Like, let's say that you hadn't been to Michigan and seen that sort of stuff, and you haven't been to like an Arizona type place with the mountains and the desert. What place is more beautiful? Would it be like the Michigan summers with all the trees and the Lake Michigan beaches, or would it be like an Arizona with the mountains and the the whole valley? What do you think? Well, I'll jump in first. I, I, I think. Without question, it it would be Arizona or somewhere like California. California, you can be in Southern Cal, and to your left is the Pacific Ocean, and to your right is mountains with snow-capped tops. Yeah, I mean that's those are just two amazing places. Not to shortchange Michigan. Michigan has some beautiful areas, but I, I don't think it comes close for scenery. 
to like Arizona or Denver or even Matt where you're at maybe fill us in a little bit about Carolina because the Carolina Appalachian Mountains man that's pretty cool too yeah the mountains down here and then you know you get along the coast uh, along the ocean kind of the same idea is what you're talking about down in California but you know I think it's all it's different people are going to have different answers you know some people maybe even want to be down in like the bayou down in like louisiana and stuff you know and be down in there and like the wetlands and the swamps and all that yep. some people probably love that <laughs> you know so hey you know maybe some people even like to be way up in uh like oregon and be up in in that kind of area too so that that is what's cool about the u.s is you can travel all over and you almost do feel like you're in a completely different country because like not not just like the the weather the environment and stuff but like the people are different and everything like that so uh, it's definitely a cool experience i I would probably agree with ted though probably down there arizona southern california one one more thing I will throw out uh, that happened to me is uh, this was actually right after we got done recording the podcast um, last Sunday. Uh, my brother and my our other friend MJ they were working out, and I I had just finished recording the pod, and so I was like, you know, what, I'll just go for a hike. Like, there's a little park right next to us, so I started walking. And if you know Arizona, like I kid you not, I didn't see any animals the entire time I was there. It's just so hot. There's no like hiding spots. You'd think that there would be snakes like all over all these mountains, but there's not. Uh, but this park, there was something different about it. There was a lot of foliage there. You, I was walking. I saw a lot of chipmunks running across. So I was kind of thinking to myself, like, man, if there was a place that you would see some, like, serious animals, it's going to be in this little park. Sure enough, I'm walking. There's a sign that says, oh, be aware of scorpions, snakes. Mm. Uh, make sure to mind, like, mind, keep your own territory. Like, don't go near them. And I'm like, I kind of saw it. And, like, like I said, you don't see these animals anywhere. So I, saw, I was like, Psh, like, there's no way those things are around here. Uh, no joke, probably 15 seconds into the trail, there's a little miniature hole right in the middle of the of the trail, and a snake is just coiled up and, like, with just his head poked out, like, staring right at me. And it's almost like I was on the top of a roller coaster where just my heart shot, like, through my chest, and it just, like, froze me for two seconds, and then I just turned around and said, yeah, I'm not going to go down this trail. I'll, I'll stick to the, uh, the sidewalks. And so I turned right around and left about... I, I'm terrified of snakes in general, so the fact that I saw an actual venomous snake, it was just a, like a fear that I haven't felt in years, really. Well, it's, it's funny. You led me right into a question I was going to ask you when you were talking about climbing that mountain. You know, Mount Camel, was it? Yeah, Camelback. Camelback. Uh, I, they have rattlesnakes out there, right? I tell you, but like I said, you don't see any. Okay. There's no, you don't see any sort of wildlife. You don't see insects. There's no bugs. There's right. no mosquitoes biting you. It's just, that's the one experience I've had, and I've been there for two weeks now, wow. uh, with just one snake sitting in the middle of a trail. <laughs> Which is one more than I wanted to see. I've I've been to Arizona and, and like, out to L.A. and stuff and did a lot of hiking, similar to what you just did. And, yeah, I had the same experience. You don't see much of that stuff, but when you do, especially if you've never really experienced them, it is just like, yeah, your heart drops. I've I've gotten a little more used to them because that's one thing down here in the Carolinas, you know, a little more in the south or whatever. Yeah. The size of the snakes (laughs) and spiders are are times – a hundred than what they are in Michigan. Yeah. I know there's big spiders and stuff and, you know, big snakes in Michigan, but the snakes and the spiders here are insane. And you just really, you stay away from them because, you know, there's people down here who know way more about snakes and spiders yeah. than me. I have no idea which ones are venomous, which ones aren't. So if I see them, I'm just staying the hell away because I don't even want to mess with them. Yeah, when in doubt. I, just, I, don't, I don't have like a phobia, 
but it's just like, I don't even want to mess with it. I'm staying away. No way. One final thing, one final question I have for Jared here. I was actually a little concerned he may not come home. You know, he's a free agent out there looking for a <laughs> job. I thought he just might hook up a job out there while you were there. Any, any consideration I, to that? Uh, dude, I could see living out. Let me just say. I'll say lady I, friend back home, though, right? Oh, yeah. So, th- yeah, definitely that's number one reason coming <laughs> back. But I'll tell you what, my brother, he's got to figure it figured out. I mean, a teacher. So, basically, what he's going to be doing is head out to Arizona during the school year, summers, come back for Michigan summers. Oh. I mean, is there a better way to really set up your that's your ideal. job than that right there? I mean, he's always got a place to stay in Michigan at my parents' house. And just throughout the school year, yeah, he's in Tempe. He's in a college town in Arizona. It's just it's perfect the way he's got it did, set did up. Did he clear that with your parents that he's got uh, a oh, they love summer him. at home? They, they love him. He, <laughs> I don't even think you got to tell him. Just show up and, and then they'll, cool. they'll, they'll, they'll let you stay. So. Well, you know, we're recording this Sunday right after the brackets were announced. We're definitely going to jump into that. Before we do, though, Matt, I want to ask you a couple questions just because, you know, you're the guy that's really – big time in the industry working for ESPN and, and working college basketball games. I mean, with all the tournaments that just uh, took place, you know, the, the league tournaments, uh, what were some of your duties this last week or so? Oh, well, we did uh, down here, especially because of, you know, I, I think we've talked about it on the, the podcast before, but because of COVID-19 and the pandemic and everything, they're really trying to, I guess, stress doing as much from the office as opposed to sending people to the site. And, right having people all traveling all over the country and stuff like that. So we've been doing more of the productions from the office, which I know you guys see me post pictures and stuff like that. So, yeah, we did uh, the MAC championships, the the men's MAC tournament, and uh, the AAC. So, yeah, we, we did them all from here. And here in Charlotte, Bristol did a ton more. They did a bunch more up in Bristol, too. So, yeah, we, we produced the whole thing and did everything from here, everything that you saw on TV for those two tournaments, if you watched them. I know uh, not everyone necessarily watched the AAC or the MAC, but everything came from Charlotte. So I had my hands on something if you watched it. Yeah, and I, and again, uh, could you explain to our listeners a little bit, you know, like let's say you're doing the MAC championship game or one of the MAC tournament games, and, you know, it's getting getting ready for the pregame. What, what are your duties exactly? Pregame's kind of interesting. I mean, a lot of it is like it's called faxing out. I mean, I know you guys probably heard that term before, and probably say it in radio or you know whatever mm-hmm. backs out all your equipment you make sure everything works make right. sure all the microphones work you make sure all the cameras are are lined up you make sure everyone's on the same page so there's a good you know it you don't realize when you watch a game on tv like the amount of work that does go into it it doesn't it's not just like boom fire the cameras up and here we go we got a game on tv you got to make sure everything's lined up especially now that everything's done remotely you got to make sure all the satellites are good to go you got to make sure all the the feeds are good. If the announcers are at home, you know, calling the game from their homes, you got to make sure all their stuff is good to go. They're all set up good. Their mics are ready. So it takes a good four or five hours, and that's if everything goes well. If everything is working well and, you know, everything's up and running, then, yeah, it still takes a good few, three, four hours to make sure everything's faxed out good. But then it's also editing all the video because, you know, there's all the, the video and all the graphics and everything you see during a game. So we got to edit all that stuff. The graphics people are putting together all the graphics. Stats people are looking up hundreds of stats, you know, that they can throw out during the game and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, just getting all that stuff ready. So, so yeah, so, so when people are watching at home from their couch, it just looks like a 
fine-tuned machine on yeah. TV. <laughs> oh, it does, you know, and, it, and and you guys do it well. I mean, everybody out there, you know, the big big networks all do it so well. When there is a mistake, it is so rare it just jumps out at you. Now, while the game's going on, everybody that's working on the production, they have a headset on and they're listening to the director, or how's that work? Yep, so, yeah, we're all sitting there. We're, we all have headsets on. I mean, most people have headsets. Some people essentially like speakerphone you can like turn your stuff on and not have a headset on but yes most people have a headset on and depending on what you do we listen to the director and the producer doing what i do running the replays and editing all the video we listen to the director and the producer some people maybe only listen to the producer some people maybe only listen to the director uh some people there's also called an associate director who kind of directs all the traffic for commercials for all the sales elements, all the promos. Some people only listen to him. Uh, so it kind of depends on what your role is, who you're listening to. But, I mean, there's it's kind of crazy. Like when people come in who don't, don't do that job, who aren't used to it, so it's something that we kind of take for granted sometimes. They, it, it sounds like organized chaos because <laughs> there's 20 voices going on. You're listening to the game to, you know, hear – like if you hear, say, Dan Dockich is calling the game or Bill Walton or, you know, whoever's calling the game, they might be saying, like, man, that, this player keeps doing this or this. So you kind of want to keep your ear out because you know, like, something might be coming up soon. They might ask you, like, hey, edit a package for this player doing this because he keeps talking about it. So you're listening to the game. You're watching the game, too, of course. You're listening to the director. You're also listening to the producer because the producer might be saying, hey, go back and get that three real quick or go back and get this. They said it was a moving screen, and we want to see if if the guy was moving. So, and then you're also like clipping all the plays off because you never know if five minutes from now, they're going to be like, Hey, we need that layup from two minutes ago. So you need to go back and get it. Boom. Well, if you clipped it off, you already have it. So yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Sometimes you got to learn how to like, he, you're, you're listening for the right cues. Yeah. You know, you can, it's, it's crazy. I can, I can be listening to the game and into the director, just talking our ears off about blah, blah, blah. But none of it has, has anything to do with me. But once I hear like that one word that has to do with my job, it'll like you know turn something on yeah. and I start paying attention or whatever. So I don't know. It, it's uh, it's it's kind of like an organized chaos, like I said. But uh, it's really it's fascinating to me, you know. And I'm just sitting here thinking, man, at my age, and if all that was going on, all that commotion, my head would explode. <laughs> you know, I think I I might have been able to handle it when I was younger, but not anymore. Now. Uh, it's it's got to be like, and I think we've talked about this before, it's got to be like an, an adrenaline rush when you do a really good game and you know that you kicked ass on your job. I mean, it's it's one of those feelings I bet afterwards you, you want to have a cocktail and say, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I think it's why a lot of people who work in TV do drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a high-stress job and, uh, you know, a lot of pressure. And, you know, like you said, rarely ever, I mean, mistakes are made everyone makes mistakes in whatever job you do but you know it, people who work in this industry are really good at what they do but when that like you said when when mistakes are made it's magnified especially mm -hmm. nowadays boom it's on twitter espn put up the wrong graphic or you know something like that so if you're that person that made that one little mistake and you feel terrible because you might have the best production in the world you might have the game might have been amazing everything was great replays were great packages were great but if there was that yeah. one mistake that everyone's talking about that's all anyone's talking about that one mistake they don't they don't see everything else so so yeah it, it's high stress and but the, the adrenaline is what what keeps us coming back because 
especially if you're a sports lover. I mean, when you're doing a game that's just like down to the wire and it's fun, it's exciting. There's awesome touchdowns or there's some cool dunks and we're nerds. So like if there's an awesome dunk and we do like a cool, you know, like when they go to, to a commercial and they show that dunk like four times and you kind of roll like a really cool replay and slow it down and you get some cool reactions where the guys are like giving high fives. Hmm. Uh, you eat that up and that's just cool. So <laughs> So, yeah, it, it's a fun job, though. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, it's, I like to get the inside scoop once in a while from you, and I think our listeners enjoy that as well, and it was a good good time to do it here in our catch-up. Okay, it's time to uh, talk about the brackets, the big dance. We're going to get into it here in just a second, but first, take a listen to this. Advanced Elevator Company have the very best trained professional field technicians and project management for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Conveniently located with world headquarters in the heart of Owasso, Michigan. The Janka family are longtime huge supporters of the Corona Public Schools. Advanced Elevator Company, area business leaders, and proud member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce since 2000. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is a mortgage and land contract services company that is focused on your success. The home financing team has over 25 years experience and origination of all types of loans. Led by Jim Woodworth, Success Group Mortgage provides one-on-one service with a personal touch. You're not lost in the crowd like working with a mega-sized bank. Every transaction is given complete attention from the very beginning to the end. Located in downtown Owasso, call today for an appointment at 989-720-4380 or find more information on the web at successgroupmortgage.com. Hankard Sportswear is the area's top clothing and more printing business. Located in the heart of Owasso at 116 West Exchange Street, give them a follow on Facebook at hankard.sportswear. Well, I don't know about you guys. Um, I feel a lot worse for you for you guys haven't been back here kind of like when your normal day-to-day lives would because this Michigan team is about as depressing as it gets as as Will Farrell would say uh in the office like he's they're dead man walking they really are and it's it sucks you know they've kind of been snake bitten where injuries have plagued them uh but you saw it all like basically in the Maryland game where when Jawan Howard kind of the guy that's always cool you never see him lose like his his cool really just completely like lose his mind and I, I get friends that are messaging me like dude Juwan's awesome that's awesome how he did that I watch that and I think what the hell is he doing because it, it's like whatever the hell Turgeon said to him if he said the whole banners thing one for Juwan like who gives a shit right. and two that just shows you how kind of he's almost like high strung right now things are not going well for Michigan it seems like the last two three weeks it's anything bad that can happen it's happened they lost to Michigan State after blowing them out by 30 a couple days ago like it's just this team is just so unlucky and I hate to say it but I see an early exit at most I see a sweet 16 birth from this team and it sucks because they're a one seed they had all this potential but without livers and the fact that they are just so not themselves right now it's it's a sweet 16 team at best so your feeling is then you don't think they can bounce back from this and regroup you just just think that the karma's going against them at this point and you know with the livers injury that's a sweet 16 it's the best they can expect I mean, especially when the fact you see their their draw, it's yeah, freaking – it's the hell bracket, really, is what they're dealing with. I mean, LSU as the second game, it's yeah. going to be – they're going to be tested 
game number two. Yeah. And it's going to probably be a game down to the wire, very very second game of the tournament. I don't know. I, it, it's just you got a young coach, everything that's going for Michigan, everything that was going for them, their depth, Isaiah Livers kind of stepping into his own as a senior leader. Now, now it's just nothing. I don't know what this team holds their hat on. I'm not sure what what's going to be the thing that's going to they're going to that's going to propel them throughout the tournament. I don't know. Is it Dickinson? Maybe, but it's just it's just looking bad. I mean, I think just to reply to what you just said, I think what they'll hang their hat on is defense. They're still an elite defensive team. I mean, yeah. losing livers is big, but I've got to rewind all the way back to talking about Juwan. I don't want to miss yeah. out my chance to, to say what I think about the Juwan thing. I'm cool with him doing that. Yes, you would like your coach to be a little more composed. I think what people forget is yeah, he is a young coach, you know, maybe a little inexperienced and stuff, but he, he he's a little younger. Just coming out of the league, you know, a few years ago, he was he was still playing, and he is a guy from Chicago. He, we remember how he was with the Fab Five. He's a fiery guy. Yeah, maybe now he is a little more, you know, cool and calm and stuff like that. But I think it's one of those things where, I mean, he even said it in the postgame presser that, and if you watch the video, Turgeon was coming at him. I mean, you see him. I mean, people get in, like, verbal altercations all the time, you know, on the basketball court. But Turgeon was coming at him, pointing his fist, saying whatever he was saying. And I think most people in the heat of the moment would get defensive there. I mean, yeah, some people might be, like, you know, maybe a little more calm. But, you know, John, like he said, how he was raised by his grandma, raised by Chicago, he gets in defense mode. And, you know, maybe he snapped a little bit, but – I, I almost put Turgeon more at fault there. Turgeon's trying to act like he didn't do anything. All I did was tell him, don't talk to me. I highly doubt he only said, don't talk to me. Well, he so took step. a lot more said. And, you know, Juwan got in defense mode and snapped a little bit. Yeah, Turgeon took but, steps towards him and definitely said more stuff. And to Jared's point, I, I have absolutely no concern about Juwan Howard getting worked up and, and losing his cool. Yeah, he, he apologized for it. It happens in the heat of the moment once in a while. I mean, how many times we talked about where'd that fire go with Harbaugh? You know, I, I don't. Well, let me ask: if, if Izzo was doing this, would you'd be probably saying that he's a psycho? So it's a little bit. Of, well, we've seen we've seen Izzo do it before. I mean, it's you know, he, if if a coach can't get passionate and lose his shit I, once in a while. Come on. It's just the fact it just looks so it's like a Maryland they're struggling against the shitty Maryland team and it's just everything about it. I didn't like the optics of it. Okay. I, and it just showed. I mean, yeah, Michigan ended up winning the game, but how does he not whatever the hell Turgeon said to him, like just turn around, like take it back to your team and then just like kick the shit out of Maryland. Like that's what Right. Don't I, you I, think I understand th- losing is cool, but like what in God's green earth could he have said right there that would have made him literally want to fight this guy? Well, like it, well, if you if you followed the whole story, I mean there was there was a background to it. The two previous games yeah. there had been some bad blood between Maryland and, and Michigan yeah. so it had been building you know you're right it wasn't a good look but they pulled it out with uh, the best assistant coach in America <laughs> right yeah, yeah maybe, maybe Juwan doesn't know that in the back of his mind I, I think Juwan is just 100% 100% genuine he's himself I mean, I, like who who he is that's who you're going to get as a coach on the court and all that kind of stuff but I think he probably also knows he's got Phil Martelli behind him so if he does get ejected, well, he's still got a really good coaching staff behind him. But, you know, that's what I mean. I wouldn't want him doing that every game, obviously. But once in a while, yeah, you like to see a little fire, and then you like to see the players respond, and they did that game. But, you know, the big thing, and you kind of talked about it a little bit, Isaiah Livers, you know, the little bit of an injury bug that Michigan's been hit with. Glad Eli Brooks has been able to come back. Looks like he's really – That was a shocker. Playing. I mean, Brooks is playing pretty well. 
But, you know, Livers, it sounds like he's probably going to be done for the rest of the season. I guess there's a chance he could be back in a few weeks if Michigan is still playing. But it sounds like he's probably done for the season. So, yeah, that sucks because, I mean, he's a senior. He played in the national championship game the last time they were there a few years ago. Played in a ton of games. He's one of their best players. But personally, like I, I can tell Jared, and I think it's you're justified in being a little down on Michigan because of the way they're playing and Livers being out. But there's still a ton of talent on this team, and they still are a great defensive team. So I think going into the tournament, if you can lock down defensively and you've got a guy like Wagner who can, he's not. I know we've talked about it on the podcast, he's not necessarily consistent, but he can score with the best of them. Uh, Dickinson can dominate. I, you know, he's a freshman, so he is a little inconsistent too. But Dickinson can dominate. Mike Smith can fill it up. He used to score 22 points a game. You know, he, he had a bad game the other day against uh, Ohio State. But so they've got players who can do it. it. It's not good losing livers going into the tournament. But I'm not totally out on that. I'm, I'm not as excited if they were fully healthy. But I'm not totally out on Michigan. Here's why I'm out. I guess why I'm out on Michigan is if you remember two, three weeks ago. I mean, we've done we've done the national championship trip. We've done the Final Fours. We were we were all basically pretty much in agreement. I think Matt, you were a little bit less so, uh, in that they needed to win a national championship to kind of meet the expect, like to to have like this be like a championship or bust, really. Uh, and I, without livers, they I, they don't have a chance. And you saw it yesterday against Ohio State, where the last shot. It's Mike Smith throwing up a prayer. Like, Isaiah Livers is the guy that they would always go to when they needed a bucket, and he's a senior leader. And when you talked about how Franz Wagner, he has so much potential, but I do I see a world where Franz Wagner kind of takes the keys and the extra, like, shots and runs with it? I could see that, and that's pretty much what we need. We need him to be, you know, the best player in the tournament. I think if we want to make a legitimate chance to the Final Four run, I don't think it's likely, but could I see it? That's the only thing that's kind of like I'm res- reserving some hope is can he can this be the thing that he needs to sort of step out of his shell and become the player that we've sort of been waiting for him to be, which is like the best player in the Big Ten. So I, maybe we'll see it, but I, I don't know. I'm holding my breath. Yeah, I, I, I definitely get where you're coming from and definitely have a little bit of the same feeling, but also, like Matt said, they're still a great defensive team. They still have pretty damn good players, you know, to fill in Liver's role. So if Howard you know, lives up to the billing as coach of the year, uh, he's got time to regroup. It would have been. I would have loved to seen them make it to today's game, just so you could give you know Johns and some of these other guys yeah. some playing time, some some more PT heading into the big tournament. But but I think they'll be. I think they're going to be all right. That LSU matchup, if they you know do see them in round two, that's going to be key right there. Yeah, LSU LSU is playing as good as anyone right now. Um, you know, coming out of the SEC, so that would definitely be a tough matchup. You know, the one thing too, like I saw everyone on Twitter talking about after Michigan lost to Ohio State saying like they got a, a week to fix things like talking about you got to fix things I, I honestly don't think there was necessarily much to fix yeah they're going to figure out some stuff with some lineups Michigan just shot really poorly against Ohio right. State so it's almost like I think I think Wagner Brown and Smith combined shot like four of 37 or something like that so it's like if there's something to fix it's just make more shots you know, like, yeah. you know, if you don't expect Wagner to shoot like that. You don't expect Smith to shoot so poorly. You know, you hope Dickinson keeps rolling the way that he did against Ohio State. So, you know, I'm, I'm not saying, like, I still think they're locked for the Final Four. The, the biggest thing to me, and, and you kind of talked about it a little bit, Jared, is that region, I think, is tough. And 
the number two seed in the region is Alabama, and they've just been rolling all year in the SEC. So that's a tough number two seed. Uh, Let's see, Texas. Texas is a number three seed, and they just won the Big 12 tournament. So they're playing super well. Uh, BYU's in there, and BYU just almost beat Gonzaga. So you know they're a solid team. Oh, and then uh, Florida the State. Other one? Florida State oh, yeah, sitting that, four. That, yeah, that play-in game. Michigan okay. State. <laughs> State is also Michigan State is also in the region, which I know Michigan State. You know they're down a little bit, but if Michigan and Michigan State somehow met up again in the tournament, that would be an insane matchup. So they got a tough draw. This is going to be the first year, and maybe they'll stick to this this sort of scheduling where it's the, the tournament starts on Friday. But talk about the perfect year to do that. It's it's when you got Michigan State and UCLA and then a Drake and Wichita State in two really good playing games on that Thursday. Yeah, that's it, it's perfect. It's just they set it up really perfectly where Michigan State's going to have the big limelight. We're all going to be watching them. Uh, but And I love it that Michigan State does have the playing game for bracket-picking purposes because we're gonna see, Michigan State's going to show exactly what type of team they're going to be in the tournament with this first game against UCLA. Is it going to be the Rocket Watts uh, show like what we saw against Michigan where this team has legitimate potential to make a run in the tournament? Or is it going to be the team we've seen pretty much all the rest of the year, which is just so inconsistent and they can't flat-out score? Uh, but I, I tell you what, circle them as a team that I could see being a dark horse. That's making it. The play-in game is such a bonus if you can win it because you already have momentum rolling. You got the the you're already you know kind of in. The, you've been in the gym. You've already seen the the sights, the shots. So if Michigan State can win that game, I, be careful. They might make it to Sweet 16 or maybe the Elite Eight, maybe the Final Four. If they end up. I mean, once you get to that point, it's well. They showed they can play with any of the big boys. Yeah. I mean, they've showed that. So I don't know. I mean, I guess the mindset on the Spartans, you know. You know, I know all the Spartan fans out there aren't too happy they're in the play-in game, but we'll see what the team thinks about it. You know, if they use that game, what you just set up as as kind of a setup to to move further in the tournament and play well, they could be a surprise. Yeah, I think I, I was just looking quick. Uh, they're, they're, if they get past the play-in game, which I, they probably should, they would get BYU and then maybe Texas as their next couple games. So it's tough. Uh, if they made it to the second weekend, they, they well deserve it. And if they made it to the second weekend, like you said, you never know what's going to happen. They might make another another Final Four. Who knows? But you know, Michigan. They. So I, I saw some people again complaining about um, you know their draw. Man, Michigan always gets put in the toughest region. You know, stuff like that. To be honest, Michigan. I, I don't know if like deserves is the right word, but they do kind of deserve it because they they are probably the team out out of the number one seed who are like limping into the yeah. tournament. Well, without a doubt. Lost. Yeah, they've lost a few games the last couple of weeks. Livers being out. I'm actually a little – I wouldn't have been shocked if the committee dropped them down to a number two because of the losses and because Livers is hurt. They might have seen that maybe Michigan's not a number one seed. But, you know, so, yeah, Michigan, I think the seeding is fine is basically what I'm trying to say. They, they got what they deserve. And basically what it comes down to, too, is stop complaining. We didn't get a tournament last year, and it's time to just win games. Yeah. Survive in advance. Who cares who you're playing? Go out there and win. That's what it comes down to, boys. Well, let's have some more uh, tournament talk here, but first let's take a listen to this. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast. Keep supporting them by calling in your takeout orders. That's Rivals Tap House and Grill in Corona at the corner of M21 and State Road. Sheridan Auction Service always has a wide variety of items and real estate on the docket. Stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com. Looking out for you, Sheridan Auction Service. 
Nelson House Funeral Homes' top goal is to serve the families in our community. The number one priority is caring for our friends and neighbors and being right there when you need them the most. Check out more information on the web at nelson-house.com. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is a mortgage and land contract services company that's focused on your success. Led by Jim Woodworth, Success Group Mortgage provides one-on-one service with a personal touch. Located in downtown Owasso, call for an appointment at 989-720-4380 or find more info on the web at successgroupmortgage.com. All right, guys, you know, we can still talk Michigan, Michigan State, but there are some other uh, interesting matchups going into the tournament. Of course, the number one seed, Gonzaga, uh, I'm going to say right now they're not going to win it. They're they're right. undefeated. They'll have pressure. They play in a weaker league. I, 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 I'm not taking them to win it. I know that for sure. Uh, I will say this. I mean, there's a reason they're the number one seed. I feel like they have the easiest kind of route of anyone. I mean, clearly that's the way it's set up to be. But, I mean, the fact that Iowa, they haven't really blown me away, and they're the number two seed in their bracket. I love Gonzaga. How do you – I don't understand how you can go against Gonzaga. Yes, they have all the wins, and we've seen that that kind of will come back and bite teams. But in a a season where it just seemed like like where it was the easiest kind of season to sort of have a season like that where you're going to win all your games, I feel like Gonzaga is head and shoulders the best team – now that Michigan's kind of taking a step back, a lot of the, yeah. the other teams that we've sort of seen, I feel like they are just head and shoulders the best team in the tournament, and they're going to be the team that you see nine, like like 60 70% of brackets are going to be Gonzaga winning it all. Well, here's my here's my philosophy on that. I mean, there's there's a reason that no team has gone through an entire season undefeated since, what, 1976? Is yeah. that the last yeah, Indiana. time? I mean, I'm not saying Gonzaga is not a great team, but I just think that uh, that undefeated pressure as they go deeper and deeper in the tournament is going to build, and I just think that uh, somebody's going to get up, sneak up on them and get them. That's just my my thought process. No, I mean that's true. That that's a whole other thing. Like you know, that's going to be creeping into the back of their mind if they get to the Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight. Man, we're going to become the you know the first team in whatever forty years to run the table the whole season in the tournament. But yeah, like to your point, Jared. Team, I mean. Virginia, but Virginia's a little down, and they just got COVID, so who knows how they're going to be playing. Oklahoma's actually playing really well. Oklahoma's in the region, so they're playing really well. Kansas, but Kansas is down a little bit this year. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, that's usually the overall number one seed. Usually, that's why that's why they set it up that way. They have the quote unquote easier draw. But I mean, I don't trust Iowa. I don't ever yeah. trust Iowa basketball in the tournament. No. I just, like I would never. Iowa just doesn't seem like a team that's ever going to win a national championship in basketball. I don't know what it is. They got kind of a fun yeah, team to watch, but I agree with you. I mean, maybe you're you're picking Virginia to beat them. Maybe you're picking Kansas to pull it. You know, I don't I don't know in their region who you pick to really pull an upset. Maybe Iowa does get hot and pulls an upset, but I don't know. Well, just an early look by me. I, I I'm not saying Gonzaga can't make it to the Final Four, but I just don't think they're going to win the national championship. The team, uh, just in terms of teams that I love to bet on every single year, it, it's Wichita State. I know they don't have the same. I, don't, I know they don't have the same coach that they've had, uh, Greg Marshall, in the past. But I'm circling that playing game as the, whoever wins between those two 11 seeds. I think that they're going to go on to make at least the Sweet 16 and be you know Kansas in the, in round two as the number three seed. Kansas hasn't impressed me. Another team that I just kind of am picking against, and I hate it when the bracket sort of shakes out where. Uh, a team that you're kind of always like dead set on like man, I'm, I'm, as soon as they're in the tournament I'm going to pick against them uh, but they kind of had a good draw and that's Ohio State but I, I 100% think as they're going to be the first two one or two seed out I think they're out round number two uh, against Florida or Virginia Tech whoever wins that game I, it doesn't matter to me 
Uh, but that's the, those are two big picks that I'm kind of looking at. And then Loyola Chicago, I think Illinois is in big trouble. Uh, if Loyola Chicago can get out around one uh, against Georgia Tech, Loyola has been there before. Uh, they have Cameron Crutwig, just the most electric player probably in college basketball right now. The guy looks like a co- total like goofball, but I mean he's just the perfect teammate, perfect player that you want on your team. And so I love Loyal Chicago potential potentially upset in Illinois. This is the thing that I think is going to determine the brackets. It's whether you think the Big Ten is as legit as the, as they claim to be, or are they going to not be as good as you think they are? Because a lot of these Big Ten teams, the reason they're ranked so high is because they've kind of beat each other. Like Illinois, Ohio State, Michigan. Michigan State got in the tournament just because they beat a few of these big dogs. So I think it's either going to be Michigan. The Big Ten's going to kind of dominate like we've seen in the past, or I think they're going to get upset a lot. Like Michigan could see an early exit. Same thing with Illinois and Ohio State. All three of those teams, I think, are on upset alert first weekend. Well, you know, we're, we're so-called experts just like everybody else out there, right? <laughs> we, we know what's going on. But I don't, I don't know about you guys, but just – just watching college basketball at the end of this season and getting ready for the tournament, I honestly don't know what to expect. Usually yeah. most years you kind of got a feel, but who knows what's going to happen. I think that's part of, I mean, yeah, Gonzaga ran the table in the regular season, but they play in a super weak conference out there. So, I mean, you give them credit. They won every game they were supposed to, so credit them. That's why they're the overall number one seed. But right, otherwise, like you said, Michigan was rolling all year, looking like they could have been the number one seed, the overall number one seed, and then you know, they stumble, and now they have injury concerns. Baylor even had to go through COVID stuff, and, you know, then they, they lost a couple games. I definitely don't trust Ohio State, but who knows? They could get hot. So, yeah, it is kind of – and with, with the COVID stuff, you do kind of – you don't know what to expect because who knows? Get into the second weekend, and then some team, you know, catches the virus or something, then they're out. So, yeah, it, it is kind of crazy. I do feel like a lot of people are probably going to go, at least Gonzaga. They're just going to – just put them in all the way before they start filling anything else out. Yeah. Put them all the way to the finals, and then I'll start doing everything else. I feel like a lot of people are going to do that. How How do you guys generally, let's say you're in a big, so obviously the three the Rivals uh, three-point podcast, big bracket pool that we do every single year. Yep. Uh, generally, how do you guys pick your brackets? Is it, oh, I think that this is exactly how it's going to shake out? I know me, I'll always kind of gra- grab on to, I want to be that guy that picks like the UConn. The, the team that comes from nowhere and makes a Cinderella run, I want to be the guy that's rooting with them every single step of the way. So that's why I always look for that team that can do that. I don't pick the, oh, Gonzaga versus Michigan versus uh, Illinois. Versus, like, I, I don't go really chalk because I feel like that's so, like, you end up losing your bracket because you missed, oh, you missed a first-round game. I like putting all my chips on the table in one team. That's how I pick my bracket. So, so when you lay out your bracket, and this is how I do it. I don't know how other people do it. I usually start with the number one seeds and then – see how far I think they're going to go and just fill it in. Yeah. Then, then after that, then I start doing what you're talking about, looking at who I think maybe will be a sleeper that's going to win two or three games. But that's just how I set it up. Yeah, I, I guess kind of a mix of what you guys do. I, I kind of go through each region, and I feel like I I pick from that region. who I, I, I almost go, like, work backwards in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I pick who I think is going to win that region and just, like, put them through. And then, like – then kind of start filling it in the rest of the way kind of thing. So, say so I don't I don't really have a method either, but I, I feel like I do usually end up going a little more chalk than like what you're talking about, Jared, like finding that eight or nine seed who I think is going to make a run yeah. and riding them the whole way. But, you know, you just never know. I mean, maybe this is a year that we see an 11 seed Michigan State make a run to the Final Four or something like that. Because, yeah, this year's just been wild, but – 
It is really rare. I mean, what is the lowest seed to make the Final Four? Was it an 11? Uh, yeah, I believe 11, oh, which has happened twice. George Washington? Was and, that one uh, and Loyola. Lo- okay. I was going to say, what was Loyola when they played Michigan? And I think v- yeah, VCU, VCU as the play-in also made it. So the 11 seed has made it, you know, I think three different three times. Three different times, yeah. Uh, so you just, when you're Michigan State and you're a Michigan State fan, how do you not kind of love that you're one in the play-in game? As long as you can win that play-in game, I mean, anything can happen after that. But put your money where your mouth is. I mean, Michigan. Just looking at this bracket, <laughs> I mean, are you guys honestly taking them past the Sweet 16? Are they going to beat a Florida State? I don't, are, are you are you worried at all about LSU? I mean, I don't know. I'm worried about both of them. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, to be honest with you. See, that that's the thing, too, because you know with these things, superstition comes into play, too. I almost hate, like, even if Michigan was fully healthy and say they won today, say they won the Big Ten tournament, they've got the Big Ten regular season, the Big Ten tournament championship. I don't even know if I would pick them to win the championship in my bracket because I would feel like I'm jinxing them. (laughs) That's how I am too. (laughs) Yeah, like that's how stupid it is because it's like I'm such a big Michigan fan. I don't want to look like a homer. Oh, look at Matt. He's picking Michigan again to win it all. And so I would probably pick them to lose in like the Elite Eight or something stupid. So, so yeah, I don't know. But to answer your question, I feel like I'm at least taking them to the Sweet 16 because I do still think they have enough talent who hopefully can can come together and get him to the Sweet 16. That's going to be – I think that's where I'm going to have to be like, all right, I'm either picking him to go to the Final Four or they're not getting passed. Well, and Jared's gonna Jared's gonna get all over me for this one, but I, I usually play a couple different brackets. I play, that's yeah, that's bullshit. No, I'm just gonna explain it, and then you can tell me it's bullshit. All right, I'm gonna play the rivals one for sure. Yes, and I got one other contest that I play. All right, okay. I'm thinking I'm just gonna go Michigan to win it all in one of them. I'm just going to do it just so I can root for it. That's all. See, but this is what I hate about that. I, I will always, no matter how many brackets <laughs> I enter, I will always just fill out one bracket. I usually Because do. that is when you know that it's 100% legit. If you fill out 10 different brackets, like everyone's like, oh, I have this upset. I have this upset. It's like, did you really? Like you, you picked 400 different ways. Like you're going to have it in one of your brackets. It's a joke. I'll tell fill you what. Fill out one bracket because that way you know 100% like, man, I just knew my shit that year. And if you win, well, then, then you can you, hold your hat to it. You only got to follow one bracket. You only rooting for one bracket. You're not watching a basketball game going, oh, in this bracket I have this team winning, and in this bracket I have this team winning. So I don't care who wins. That's bullshit. You want it <laughs> so that every game you watch means some. Every game you have a certain team to root for. That's why you fill out a bracket. Most of the time, I would agree with you, but this year, with especially what Michigan has going on with the injuries and kind of stumbling, I'm gonna pl- I'm gonna play my bracket. The the official bracket is gonna be the rivals bracket. Okay, okay? is that fair? Yeah. All right. As long as as long as we put that on the table, that's the official one. Yes. So if you end up if you end up winning in the other one, we're not giving you much credit for that. No, but I'll take my money. I'll tell you that much. I want to. I'm gonna throw an idea out here. Um, all three of us, uh, we enter a little bit of a friendly uh, wager. <laughs> uh, let's say we each bet twenty five dollars. Uh, but the two whoever wins or doesn't have to pay. I say we each put twenty five dollars to whoever wins the overall bracket of rivals. That winner will also get fifty dollars. I'll I'll agree to it right now. I feel like I know basketball better than you two, so I'm 100 percent going to agree to it. You guys put your money where your mouth is. Are you also in? Are, on are you saying we just kick in 25 bucks? 25 and, bucks to the, the overall winner, first place the, winner of yes. the rivals bracket that yes. we put together. Like, I'll do it. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. There, there you right, go. There you go. Then we'll find out who really is the expert. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> maybe I'll make. So maybe I'm going to. Maybe I'm going to change my Michigan yeah, pick. Exactly. That's <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. That's why I think that's why he brought it up when you said you're going to pick Michigan. He was like, "Oh, I got to get in on this <laughs> free money." I can change it now, though, can I? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I love to. I love to how you brought it up while we're recording. So, you gotta, like, 
<laughs> got to agree to it. I said no. If either of us would have said no, yeah, we would have looked like we don't trust our bracket. Yeah, see how he works. Just don't have me. Yeah. What is it? Vmo? V- what Venmo? Is it? Is, Venmo. <laughs> see, you're such a boomer. Venmo <laughs> is the greatest app ever created. If you're not on Venmo, I don't care how old you are. You just you just are. You're crazy. It's did, so easy. Did Venmo take the place of PayPal? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Well, it's, I think it's kind of a weird tangent, but how Venmo was such a just perfect app. You talk about a lot of people shit on like apps and app creators. Whoever created that is that's a billion dollar idea because think about it, whenever you, you you can probably remember this when you were a kid mm-hmm. uh oh you, let's order some pizza oh i don't have cash on me i oh i forgot my card right like, n- this perfectly works out where you can always got to go in on something and everyone gets paid right in the spot right there mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just the perfect app now we need to get them probably, as a sponsor it was probably someone who invented that app who got shafted over like a yeah. hundred times by his buddies at the bar picked up the tab and they're all like yeah i'll hit you back in a little bit yep. i'll hit you back when i get paid and he never saw that money from his buddies so right he was pro- he was finally like i'm gonna invent this app where i they can't do that to me i can be like no venmo me right now i know you have me venmo's great it's basically paypal but 100 times better <laughs> all right i'm the boomer here so just really quickly explain what do you do how do you put money in your account how's that it, work? it hooks right up to you you don't have to put money into the account it draws it right out of uh, your, right out your bank, bank account Oh. Uh, you just set up your credit card right to it. You send it to people. They withdraw it. The next day, it's in there. It's in their bank account. It's it's perfect. Facebook even has something like that now, where you can do it through Facebook, right. uh, which is instantaneous, where it'll go right to your account right from there. But and yeah, just perfect app. Really, it's a lot. It's basically PayPal, just way easier because uh-huh. you you are just like transferring money because it's connected to your bank account. But instead of like on PayPal, like having to find someone's email address. And, like, doing all that stuff, you can just, like, scan their phone, boom, done, in one step, it's there. All right, guys, uh, anything else we want to get into in the tournament before we maybe just wrap up with a few odds and ends? No, just like I said, if you're one of the people that are filling out multiple brackets, I mean, you ruin it. You Mm -hmm. ruin the fun for everybody. Anyone's going to – every year you're going to have a good bracket if you fill out ten totally radically different brackets. It's not fair. It's not fair to the tried and true guys like me uh, (laughs) that just fill out one bracket every year because basically it's you're going ten versus one. Uh, But whatever, you know, each to each his own. Uh, I just feel like it kind of ruins the fun a little bit. So that's my one piece of advice. If you're one of the people that normally does that, please don't do it this year. Just don't brag about your bracket, right? Yes. Right. So you're you're against it even if it is a matter of uh, making some cash. Oh, 100 no it ruins it. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Just wanted to see where you sat. All right, we'll wrap up the show here in a few thoughts, but take a listen to this. The Hankard Sportswear team pride themselves by giving a good product at a great value. The area's go-to clothing and more printing business with many loyal customers. They do it by providing a 100% guarantee to satisfy your expectations. Hankard Sportswear always have Owasso, Corona, and St. Paul School Spirit items in stock. Also, special items for family, sporting, business, and charity events. Call them at 989-725-2979, stop on into the store on Exchange Street in downtown Owasso, and follow them on Facebook at hankard.sportswear. Advanced Elevator Company have expert field technicians for troubleshooting, repair, and installation of elevators. An area business leader and a huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools. Advanced Elevator. The CoronaConnection.com staff knows it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com. All Corona, all the time. 
All right, guys. Uh, a couple things I just want to throw out there, not in sports related. We talked last week about Coming to America, the original from '88, and I yep. did I did watch uh, the one on Amazon Prime. I was pleasantly surprised. It wasn't too bad. I mean, I don't know if either one of you guys have seen it yet, but uh, I thought the twist, the the, the, the you know the uh, the filming of it, it was it was brilliant, and I thought the acting was good. It was it was pretty good. I thought two point five out of three. Okay. I've I've only seen reviews of it, and the reviews have said you know basically what you'd expect. You know, fifty percent like rating. You know, it's not yeah. as good as the original. You can't. Whenever you watch a sequel like this, you can't always hold it to the original. You can't. Clearly, it's not going to be the original. So you have to view it almost as just if, if it's its own movie for uh, sure. And if you view, I think it's kind of like how you viewed it, where it's basically like, oh, this is a good movie. I liked watching it. But when you compare it on the scale of coming to America, it, you're going to say it's shitty, which is which is what you can't do. And the one tip I would give especially like Matt, you said you never saw the original. It really helped to watch it. I watched the original Coming to America on a Saturday night and then Sunday watched the new one. And there's there's little tie-ins that you might have forgot about, you know, if you didn't see it fresh. So mm-hmm. I think that would be a good way to do it if you guys do want to check it out. So it's worth watching. It, you know, it's, it's one of those uh, movies, if, if you want to recommend somebody a good watch on uh, Netflix, you know, like we've talked about Adam Sandler movies before. Some of them are good. I know you're not a big yeah. Halloween Town fan or whatever the name of that one was. but <laughs> I don't even remember either. Okay, so let me – a legit recommendation that I'll give to people that I know is 100% you're going to enjoy it is uh, just Last Chance You. They just dropped uh, – I think March 10th they dropped the basketball, basketball season. Basketball, I saw that. East Los good? Angeles Community College. I can already tell you I've only seen the first episode earlier today. The coach is a character. They always are. The players, they're guys that you want to root for. It's just the show does such a great job of – whether you like sports, and I actually got into the, a little bit of an argument, not necessarily an argument, but a little bit of an argument with my girlfriend, like, hey, I think you would really like this, but <laughs> people are so turned off by just the, the basketball section of it if you're not a sports fan, but I tell you, it's just great storytelling. It's, it's at the end of the day, it's a people, it's a story about these kids that are just trying to kind of last chance to sort of get out of, you know, pretty much all of them are from rough neighborhoods in Watts or wherever. They're trying to get out of there, and this is the last chance they have is this uh, community college. So it's just a great story, and I like the basketball aspect of it more than I think football because you get a lot of time with each all 13 of the players. There's no characters on the last chance you show that when it's football, normally you miss them, but with basketball you get every one of them. So it's just a great show, and every year it's like clockwork. It's a great series. Every year they drop it. Awesome. I, I enjoyed the foot. I watched the first two seasons of the football one. I don't think I was there four or five seasons. Yeah, four. There's five. But the basketball one intrigues me. So you saw the first episode and yep. it'll suck you in. Yep. Huh? Sounds good. Uh, got one more entertainment thing here just for you. Uh, I don't know if you guys probably don't follow the royal family and all the hoopla that's been going on with Prince Harry and his wife, Megan, and you know how they're kind of banned from the royal family. But it got, got us thinking. You know, people were talking about this netflix show called the crown so my wife and i decided hey let's check that out it's it's really good it's basically about uh uh when queen elizabeth was a little girl and it kind of followed her life story all the way up to today and first five episodes we've seen it, it's really good you know i don't know if it's for everybody i don't know if jared you'd be tuned into it and would enjoy it because it's a little little drama drama e but it, it's really based on history and it, it, i thought it was well done I was going to say, is it, is it fiction, or is it actually supposed to be like following her life? It, 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 how would I describe it? It's based on truth, okay? It's fictional, but based okay. on truth. So, I mean, obviously, all the conversations that go on, there's no way that they could have documentation of that. But pretty much everything they, they portray that happened is, is pretty true. So, 
it's it's definitely worth a watch for anybody that is interested in the royal family, if you will. Now, one final thing I got. We all talk about Dateline. Matt, you like the murder mysteries. There was a Dateline three-parter called The Widower. And if you get a chance, look it up. It's a three-parter. This guy is one of the strangest guys I've ever seen. Oh, it was it, they they kind of describe him as uh, the Joe Exotic of true crime. He had six wives. Four of them uh, ended up being dead. And this guy is one of the most amazing characters I have ever seen in any of these murder mysteries. It's called The Widower, a, a Dateline deal, three parter. Where's the Netflix? No, it was on NBC Dateline. So you could probably oh, okay. watch it on On Demand if you have NBC, or I'm sure you can get it online streaming somewhere. The Peacock probably has it. Okay. I'll, I'll definitely look into it. I love those kind of things. I, I think if, if you watch that one, you'll be amazed. This guy was uh, one piece of work. That's all I can say about him. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all I got, guys. Anything else? One uh, cl- just question for you guys is uh, this week, how are you guys in terms of, like, do you watch all the bracketology shows? Do you um, kind of buy into that, or is it basically, oh, I'll fill out the bracket real quick, and then I'll tune into the tournament? Because I know me, and I remember there's one year that always sticks out to me. is the very first year that they announced that they were going to do the, like, if you pick a perfect bracket, you're going to be a billionaire, mm-hmm. the Warren Buffett thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember, me, like, that whole year, uh, or that whole week, me and my brother were just like, we we're gonna win devoured it. every ounce of content, made, you know, scrapped about 40 different brackets before finally entering the final bracket. And I remember game number one. Ohio State versus Dayton. I still remember it like the back of my hand. I had Ohio State. Like a pick that I didn't even blink about. Like, oh, Aaron Kraft, senior year, no shot they're going to lose this game. When you know it, perfect bracket was busted in about 10 seconds. So I think I think there's a point of diminishing returns. Watch a couple of the shows. You know, learn this or learn that. But at some point, it's just going to – just comes down to luck, really. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely uh, – I don't go back and fix things because I feel like if you second-guess your bracket too much, you're just going to mess it up. I go through it once. Maybe I'll, like – glance over it quickly, make sure I didn't do something stupid. But I'm not about to, like, watch Grant Hill on some show on Wednesday be like, think about this team, think about Iona or something like that, and then go back and change my whole bracket just because of that. They Honestly, yeah, I know I know Jay Billis and, you know, some of the, the, the experts, they, they have watched a lot of college basketball. They know as much about it as we do. Right. Oh, look, like you said, so, like, if they pick – Michigan to lose in the second round. I'm not all of a sudden going to pick Michigan to lose in the second round. So yeah. now I go, I go through it once, and that's what it is. Yeah, same here. And I don't, I don't watch a lot of the talking heads throughout this week. I will, I'll check things out on Twitter a little bit, and I'll, uh, you know, check my sports sources online. But other than that, it's, it's pretty much by what I feel, you yeah. know, and what I've seen enough of this season. But what a weird season has certainly been. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's get ready for some basketball, boys. Let's call this a podcast. Uh, We'll just say it's a wrap, everyone. Follow us at 3 Point Pod. Let our partners know you listen in. They include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, the Corona Public Schools, Hankard Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. Don't forget our Z92.5 upcoming games include this Tuesday night, March 16th. It'll be Owasso at Corona. We'll have the girls game as a three-point pod exclusive and then the uh, boys game will be broadcast on z92.5 and also replayed at three-point podcast we'll follow it up with a friday night matchup over at at chesanine and then the regular season ends saturday march 20th st john's at dewitt three o'clock tip for that one so that does it here locally 
for Jared Fatale and Matt Burns. And before I officially sign off, 25 bucks, right, boys? On our rivals bracket. Hey, all I know is I, I did all the listeners a favor because I don't got to worry about paying no 25 bucks to the winner. All I did was give the winner uh, $50. And how ironic would it be if I end up winning this thing and you guys end up giving me 50 bucks? Oh. I'd love it. Can I give you a gift card instead? <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's call it good. For Jared Fatel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fatel Again, thanking you for listening and supporting our partners. So long, everybody. Three Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ Mid-Michigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye for now.